This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of 28 Days Later. I am your host, Sophie. If you've been listening this month, you might know that we've been releasing lots of little mini episodes throughout the month, but you didn't think we were going to let you go through the entire month of October without a full episode. And so we're back to talk about Halloween kills, but Hannah is not with us this evening. Um, Our awesome mom, who has been a guest on the podcast before, had knee replacement surgery this morning. She is healthy and doing well, but Hannah is actually in transit as we speak on a plane out to Delaware to help take care of my mom for the first week after her surgery. And so she was not able to join us, but don't fear, because... Tonight we're going to be reviewing Halloween Kills, and we brought back fan favorite and one of my very best friends, Reed, who was with us on our Halloween episode last year. Reed, how's it going? Going well. Happy to be back. Can't believe it's been almost a year. <laughs> I know. I can't believe it. I don't... I'm sure I said this on the first episode we had Reed on, but I always tell people that Reed's like my horror godfather, because when I tell people about my process of becoming a horror fan, I'm like, yeah, I didn't really watch anything scary and then in high school, Reed was like, what if you just watch Halloween? What if you just watch this? Um, and here we are. Still doing it. <laughs> and whenever I mention you to people in horror context, I always say, you know, I, I kind of sort of got her into horror. So It's true. I hope that you know that I always tell people that. So please take, feel free to take full credit. <laughs> um, so usually up top, Hannah and I just kind of shoot the shit, but... There's going to be a lot to talk about with this movie, Um, so we're not doing any intro stuff, we're not doing in later news, we're just going to dedicate this entire podcast episode to talking about Halloween Kills. Um, Reed, I didn't ask you ahead of time if you want to do this, but do you want to try to synopsize this movie for us? You know, when I texted you 10 minutes ago saying, hey, I'll be there in a minute, that was me thinking, oh, she'll probably ask this, so let me me type up something. I'm so So glad that you know that I am just a chaos agent at heart. Okay, hit me. Here's what I came up with. <clears throat> Picking up right where Halloween 2018 left off, Halloween Kill shows more of the night he came home. Again. As the Strode ladies, whose names I can't really remember, recover in the hospital, Michael continues to stalk the streets of Haddonfield, picking off any character that they brought back from 1978 that dares challenge him. <laughs> Honestly, if that wasn't the, like, IMDb... If IMDb doesn't take that as their plot synopsis, <laughs> I'm going to be really mad. Um... So, Reed, I'm curious, before we get into this movie, what did you think of Halloween 2018? I thought it was fine. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, when I first saw it, I saw it, I got I got a sneak preview of it a few years ago at, at like, a big theater in Hollywood, and they were doing a triple bill of uh, Black Christmas, the original Halloween, and then 2018's Halloween right after that, so I was so psyched. And I don't know if it was because I watched it right after... Halloween 1978, which is of course a masterpiece, but I just thought like, oh, that was this. okay, that was that was that was okay, that was that was decent. Mm-hmm. And I don't, maybe it's maybe it's that I'm so in love with the uh, the H two the H2O trilogy, like Halloween, Halloween two, and then H two O. Yes. But either either way, I walked out thinking like, you know that that was that was fine, and I felt so, I felt like 
I was being such a Debbie Downer wet blanket about it. And then uh, I asked a coworker a week later, she, and she's a huge fan of horror as well. I was like, so what did you think of it? And she just thought, she had, she said almost the exact same thing. She was like, eh, I thought it was fine. I much prefer Halloween H2O, and, or Halloween Halloween 2 H2O. So I thought, mm-hmm. okay, good. I'm not just a stick in the mud. So I thought it was, I thought it was fine. But I have a preferred sequence of Halloween movies. For sure. So I'm so glad to hear that, uh, to hear you say that. I actually really liked Halloween 2018, but I only really liked it the second time I saw it. So my fiance and I went and saw it, um, right when it was released. I think we went to the first screening at our local indie theater here in Kansas City. And like you were saying about watching it right after the 1978 version, Reed and I are on record as just thinking that movie is like an absolute, I mean, masterpiece is the perfect word. That movie is honestly, maybe in my mind, like one of the perfect movies. It's so phenomenal. It has been so formative in my horror fandom. It is the first horror movie that I really watched with Reed at a Halloween party in high school. Um, It's just a movie that means the world to me. And so I was so excited for the 2018 Halloween that when I saw it in theaters the first time, I left the theaters just kind of being like, that was fine. Like, I was really disappointed that I didn't like it more. And I said to my fiance on the way home, I said, you know, I think honestly, I have so much love for the original. And I am someone who enjoys all of the Halloween sequels. Uh, Caveat, I'm a person who pretends the Rob Zombie ones don't exist. So I'm not talking about those. Don't come at me. You will not change my mind. They're trash. Um, But everything else, like I will watch all of them. I love all of the bonkers stuff with Jamie and Jamie becomes a mute and she can read Michael's mind and the runes and the man in black. I think a lot of that stuff is bananas, but I really like um, all of the sequels uh, in this franchise. And I like you read, I love Halloween, Halloween two and H two O as a trilogy. I think that is such a cool um, way to build this movie together. And so I told my fiance, I said, you know, I think honestly that I have so much love for the original. And frankly, I have so much love and nostalgia for the entire franchise that the 2018 uh, Halloween was never going to satisfy me, you know, because my, my love and expectations were so high. I did go and see the 2018 version a second time in theaters by myself. And I did really like it actually the second time when I sort of went in without all the hype. Um, I did really enjoy it. Uh, So that's where we are on 2018. And of course this year, 2021 is when Halloween kills was, was uh, released. And um, yeah. uh, Reed, what did you, what did you think of this movie? What were your expectations, I guess, going into it since you were kind of uh, lukewarm on Halloween 2018. And then how did you feel seeing this movie? I went in with pretty decent expectations because yeah, I was lukewarm to 2018, but I didn't dislike it. And now yeah. I I didn't watch it twice like you, so maybe I'll think I would think differently if I saw it again, but I still thought it was a well-made movie. So going into this one, I was excited. And then I kind of wondered what happened. Mhm. Mhm. Like of and the morning, of, the morning of, I hadn't read any reviews or heard anything about it, but the morning of that I knew I was going to watch it that night, Saturday night, I thought, how is it doing in the review world? So I Googled it and saw that the reviews were, and ratings were all so low. And I thought, this doesn't feel right. Like, 
this this can't be right. So I went in thinking, no, it, it's got to be better than what what they've been saying. Lo and behold, no, it was kind of was. It let me down in a way that I didn't expect it to. I think that is such a beautiful way to to phrase. I think how I'm feeling, like hearing you say that, and honestly hearing the emotion in your voice as you say it, I'm like, that's also how I feel. Um, I was telling Reed this before we recorded, but. I have a group chat with some of my um, friends that used to write for a different horror site together, and some of them had seen it um, first thing Thursday. They had watched it when it came out on Peacock. Um, I was not able to watch this until Sunday night, and then I, because I'm a good podcaster and I love all of you, I rewatched it today so that I could take notes, and that is time I will never get back. Um, but <laughs> my friends that had watched it were really down on it. Like, they hated it, and they weren't saying anything spoilery, but they were very negative about it. Um, and I sort of felt like, okay, honestly, I always do better going into a movie with low expectations, because then I, it's, you know, if my expectations are already low, it's harder to disappoint me. Um, so I felt like, you know, I would like to go in and make my own decision. Um, maybe I'll agree with them. Maybe I won't, but I'll just go in knowing that some people that I really respect don't, didn't like it. Um, and I, I came out of this movie feeling the same way as you read. I said to, to Jeremy on the drive home that I felt like fundamentally, like you said, I don't know what happened. I felt like the first move, the 2018 version um, to me personally, it felt like a true, um, and it felt like it really could have truly descended from the original Halloween. Like it, it made sense as a movie about that series of characters and events taking place in our time. And then yeah. this movie, frankly, meant like, felt like they just had no idea what they, I didn't understand what they were trying to do with this movie. Like I felt like they, we're trying to do a bunch of stuff that I don't think anybody wants from a Halloween movie. Um, we're going to get into all this, but I straight up hated this movie. I was furious when I got out of the theater and I had to watch it again today. I was even more angry rewatching it. And there was a scene that I l- had to leave the room for on the second watch. Cause I was like, I'm not watching that shit again, um, which we'll get to. Ooh. Uh, Ooh, I can't wait to hear what scene that was. Yeah, but what's interesting about this movie, Reed, is I was on board with it at the beginning. Like, at the beginning, I was like, okay, people said this movie was really bad. I think I'm kind of on board, though. And for me, there was a distinct point where it turned, and I was like, oh, this movie has completely lost me, and I do not respect or understand what it's trying to do. Um, And I don't know if that was your experience or if you were kind of turned off from the jump. I... I liked it. At fr- I liked the first chunk of it because the first chunk is a, a flat like a, a currently made 1978 flashback mm-hmm. to just after the events of Halloween. I liked that segment. I thought that was kind of cool because when uh when Halloween when 2018 came out, and they had, oh sorry, let me backtrack again. When Halloween came out, 1978, and like it ends with Michael's gone. He's just vanished into the night, and that's the spooky thing that he's still out there. Who knows? And then 19, uh, sorry, 2018's Halloween said, oh, no, they actually, they captured him. And I, at first I was thinking, like, oh, did they, are they retconning his disappearance at the end? Like, are we to believe that in this timeline they caught him right after he was shot off the balcony by Loomis? Right. So so them showing 
a continuation of after Michael shot by Loomis and Wandering Streets of Halloween in the beginning of Halloween Kills. I just thought that was a cool, cool segment, just showing how he went back to the Myers house and was eventually captured. I just, something about that, I liked it. I did too. Um, I, I was really on board. Like I said, honestly, I think for almost the first third of this movie, I was like, okay, I'm not entirely sure what they're doing. There was some stuff in the first third that I have had problems with. Um, but I was mostly on board and I will say that the first, well, let me go back before we get into the action of the movie. I loved the opening credit sequence of this. I thought it was really cool to have like the very retro style, like the original, they have jack-o'-lanterns. There are 12 jack-o'-lanterns, which I read on the IMDb trivia, one for each Halloween movie and they're all on fire. And then the very last one is kind of like melted and rotten and I thought that was very like that visual was very appealing and I liked that um you know it's gonna be bad when I have to take time to compliment the design of the opening (laughs) because I need nice things to say um the moment for me where I was like started to be like oh I'm kind of worried is um so Michael has to get out of this burning house right because the 2018 ends with him locked in a basement of a house that's burning down and so when we get back to present day, Lori and Karen, her, Judy Greer, and Allison, the granddaughter, are in the back of a truck, a la Texas Chainsaw. They're driving away. They see fire trucks going by. Lori's like, let it burn. Um, honestly, I wish she had sung it like Elsa, but it's fine. And <laughs> the firemen all go into the house, and um, one of them falls through the floor into the basement. And you get, you know, I got tense. I was like, oh man, Michael's down there. What's going to happen? Michael gets out of where he was and attacks this guy and immediately takes the guy's fire axe and like impales his face. And the camera just like lingers on his smashed face with a big hole in the middle. And I was like, oh, that's a concern for me. You mean like the point of view shot? Like from inside the mask or? No, it's, I guess it wasn't like a close up. It's like from above. And he swings, and you see him hit the guy with the thing, so you know his face is destroyed. But uh-huh. then he, like, pulls the axe out, and his his face looks like a, bu- a bloody donut, basically. <laughs> um, and, like, uh, maybe you disagree, Reed, but for me personally, I'm people who listen to this podcast or know me personally know well that I'm not someone who really enjoys super gory horror movies. I can get into gore, like, when it's campy, um, or if you're doing it for a very specific reason. But I think that I feel the way about uh, gore and violence often that I feel about showing sexual assault in movies and TV, which is that you need if you're using sexual assault as a plot point or if you're using excessive gore or violence, you need to be doing it responsibly and I want you to be doing it for a reason and not just because you have the budget and you want to be super gross. And for me personally, the Halloween movies have never been about gore. Like they've never been about like, look how fucking gross this is. Um, And yeah, you get some cool kills with like some like fake blood splashed on. And there was some gore in 2018, but it felt like 2018 understood that people. And when I say people, I just mean me, Sophie, don't go to see Halloween to see, like, super gross gore. And so I felt like 2018 Halloween had some cool kills, and it had some gross stuff, but 
it didn't ever feel like it was lingering on the disgusting stuff for the sake of it. And this movie, that scene is the tipping point. But from there forward, it just feels like we're really reveling in the, like, violence and blood and gore. And I was not about that at all. I'm actually, I'm on the same page as you because I think looking back, hearing you talk and looking at the uh, the war document of word vomit that I was that I wrote while typing <laughs> I realized like yeah I think that that's where it started to go off the deep end for me first off I also had written end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre on this on this page and I was like why did I write that and then you just said like when you just said that the girls were driving away on the back of a truck a la Texas Chainsaw Massacre and I was like oh that's right so thank you for that you're welcome but but yeah for for very similar reasons that was the moment that started to make things feel a little off because for me, it was just the behavior of Michael. Like, he just goes into melee mode mode on all these firefighters, like, swinging, they're attacking them one by one, and that just, that didn't feel like Michael. It almost, it felt a little more like Jason. Thank you. Yeah, when Jeremy and I left, we were driving home yesterday, like, we walk out of the theater in complete silence, we get in our car, and he's like, so, uh, what'd you think? And I was like, I fucking hated it. <laughs> and... <laughs> He's like, yeah, I didn't like it either. And so we were talking about it. And that's what I said. I said, frankly, this feels like they thought they were making a Friday the 13th movie. Like, it's so much more violent. It feels like it really revels in... Like, Hollow or Friday the 13th is a franchise that, admittedly, it, when you're talking about the unholy trinity of Halloween, um, Friday, and Nightmare... Uh, Friday is probably my least favorite, like, in its entirety. That's also probably because I'm the least familiar with it. Um, but, like, I really love, uh, you know, I really love the silliness of Nightmare, and I love the, I love the sort of beauty of Halloween, even though that's very much lost in the, in a lot <laughs> of the sequels. And for me, it's like, the Friday the 13th movies do have these, like, really gross, inventive disgusting kills they're much easier for me to watch when they're like 70s and 80s special effects and seeing some of those kills happen again in this movie where they don't feel like they belong with these special effects were super upsetting and to your point about him fighting all the firefighters that's only one of two different sequences where we watch michael fight a mob of people which is just like not i didn't think it was that interesting honestly and it doesn't feel like it belongs in a Halloween movie. Yeah, like, I, right now I have it queued up. I have it muted, but I'm playing it on, on my laptop in the background. Yeah, it's like he steps out onto the porch, and it's just a moment. He looks... It's like he's looking at the firefighters, and he's like, all right, who's first? And it just goes all, like, lunges and all this, the fast swings and the impalements. And that yeah. just, yeah, it like, Michael's slow, and that's what makes it scary. I totally agree. And I don't know if you would, if you think this is fair, um... I guess I also don't know how you feel about the Rob Zombie movies, but to me, um, like, the Rob Zombie movies, the Ho Rob Zombie Halloween movies, I just, like, completely discount and pretend they don't exist because I think those movies are garbage and they don't understand what makes Halloween good. They don't understand what makes Michael scary. Um, and this movie, to me, reminded we, me way more of Rob Zombie Halloween than any other Halloween movie that's ever been made. Uh, I have a confession. I actually have never watched the Rob Zombie movies. I've seen the first 20 minutes of 
the 2007 one, but that itself was over 10 years ago. Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm so jealous of you. Please keep it that way. They're like <laughs> horrifically awful. <laughs> um, oh goodness. So yeah, uh, I, I honestly don't even know like how to talk through this movie. Okay. I'm just going to go to some of my notes. So I will give this movie credit where it is due. It's really cool that they were able to get as many of the original actors back as they were. It's really disappointing that they got as many of these actors back. And they brought Donald Pleasance back as a hologram for this pile of garbage. Like, that makes me so angry, Reed. Like, do (laughs) not disrespect Samuel Loomis that way. Uh, Yeah, I I definitely give credit where credit is. It is cool that they went back to get as many original actors for certain characters as they could. And then they just... uh, I forget. Do we do you, do you put like a spoiler warning for certain things? Yeah, le- I mean, honestly, let's just do it now. It's going to be really okay. hard to to talk about this movie without spoiling stuff. So at this point, if you don't want this movie to be spoiled, you should go watch it. I guess. Usually, I tell people like you should pause here and go watch the movie. Honestly, I think you'll be better off if you don't watch it. But we're going to spoil <laughs> stuff, so take that uh, however you need it to be. Go ahead, read. <laughs> okay, so, so watching it. So uh, Halloween Kills. They bring. This is the middle of a tri- middle of a newer trilogy. They bring back act beloved actors and characters from the older movies. They bring these people back just to kill some of them off, and they have a badass heroine who we always who we all love, and they put her like in the hospital for most of the movie. And I realize this is the last Jedi of the Halloween tr- of the new Halloween trilogy. Yep. You've you're slowly killing off original characters. Uh, Leia slash Laurie just spends all her, most of the time just in a hospital bed, and it seemed to have angered a significant chunk of fans. <laughs> well, and like it is bananas to me that you're going to make a Halloween movie where Michael and Laurie are not even—they're never even in the same building. Not only do yes. they not have a scene together, they're never near each other at all. Yeah, like she spends this entire—that was—that was another thing that. This movie seemed to, oh, what's wrong? Like subverted expectations. That Laurie spends the entire the entire movie in the hospital just being like, "It's Michael. He's gonna come for me. It's Michael. It's between me and Michael. This is Michael's masterpiece." Meanwhile, Michael's just like walk around, not a care in the world, not giving a crap about Laurie Strode. Yeah. So there's so much stuff going on in this movie, and. I will tell you that I was on board with this movie. Like I said, honestly, for uh, for a maybe the first third like I enjoyed I could have been without the firefighter fight but like some of the other kills were cool when he breaks into her neighbor's house um and kills the husband and wife that live there I mean but again I'm just gonna say off the bat in my opinion every kill in this movie every kill in this movie is too gory too gratuitous and the body count is frankly too high that's like not a thing I feel like I say that often but like (laughs) The it gets repetitive. Like it by the end of it, I was like, first of all, I don't like the sound of people getting stabbed. It's a real problem for me as a horror movie. Like that sound effect is really upsetting. And as a horror fan, it happens to you a lot. But this movie was I said to my sister, was like listening to the sound effect of stabbing for an hour and forty five minutes. Um and he I counted this time. There are three different characters that get killed by him like smashing their head through a window and then bending it back. And it's like, if you are repeating 
the same kill. It's too many. Um, and so, like, I just want to say off the bat, for me personally, all of the kills were too much. But I thought that that scene was cool or was, like, fun. Her, like, flying her drone around and he's like, why don't we eat some Cheez-Its and drink some wine? Because, honestly, that felt like a Halloween movie. To have these kind of, like, quirky third uh, tier characters that are just going to, like, meet Michael and get killed off. Um, that was cool. Both of the deaths were way too gross for me. Um, but I was kind of on board through that point. Um, I liked the scene where they showed um, Jamie Lee Curtis being operated on. Because I think this movie at the beginning was trying to do some interesting stuff around trauma. And so it was cool to see like the realistic impact of what being a final girl physically does to you. Right. Like Mm -hmm. it's not just like throw a bandage on her. She's fine. Like we see her completely opened up by this wound. And I thought that was interesting. Um, Yeah. And and later like she's, she's sorry. No, go, 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 go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, and like later at some point, like she stabs herself with with the needle of adrenaline to be able to get out, get out of the bed and try and take charge. But then she just, she does, like, come down from that quickly and has to be put right back in the hospital bed. So that was a nice little touch. Like, she's not going to be this unstoppable heroine pop full of drugs. No, that she crashed. Yeah, exactly. Like, I really enjoyed all that. And there's a scene where the police are interviewing Karen and Allison. And um, Allison is sort of like, we were never allowed to talk about what happened to grandmother. And... You know, everyone thought that Michael was coming after her, but he didn't even know where she was. The doctor took him there. And then it cuts to Karen, and she's saying, like, he's after my mom. She was always telling me I didn't listen, and he's going to come here. Um, And I thought that was really cool to sort of look at the way that people make meaning out of trauma and how we understand the things that happen to us. And I was like, you know, this movie's doing some cool stuff. Um, I'm on board for it. We get to... um, we're sort of going along and I will say the last part of the movie that I liked and we can jump backwards or forwards from here. But the last part that I was like, I'm still on board and it turned quickly. But the last part I liked was Kyle Richards, uh, fight scene with Michael and like her escape from him. I actually thought was really cool. And I, I really liked that. I can't really remember what that was, so I'm quickly scrubbing through the movie try- trying to get to that point. <laughs> she's like, I remember- like, they go to the park, there's like these unattended, there's these like shitty kids that we met yeah, earlier. Yeah, the kids in the park. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. And she's like trying to get them to go home, and then they see Michael, she gets them to leave. Michael oh, kills it. everyone else. Um,. That she's oh, yeah, with. It, like the nurse from the nurse from 78. I was like, oh. Yeah, Marion. Yeah. Marion, that yes, was that's sad. right. It's like, yeah. That's exact. That's exactly who I was. Who I meant earlier. Like, oh, you bring back characters to kill them off, and super unfair because now, now her character has actually been killed off twice in the franchise, which is super a super oh, bummer. You know, what? I I forgot about I forgot about H two O's opening and how she. I forgot that she was killed in the opening H two O. So I get. I hope I don't sound unfair by by criticizing Halloween Kills for killing people off when H two O did the same thing. <laughs> Um, no, I mean, like, I didn't love the scene where Michael kills everyone in the truck, but I love that, um, as soon as Michael shows up, Kyle Richards, like, dumps out one of the kids' candy bags, uh, or pillowcases, and she starts filling it with bricks that she's gonna attack Michael with, (laughs) um, and she, 
you know, like, wails on him with it, and she eventually gets away and is able to hide from him successfully, and as far as we know, she survives the movie, because we didn't see her die. Um, and yeah, I, I was happy to see... Reed... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just, just going to agree. I'm, I was happy to see that uh, she survived. Later, when the cops do arrive at the playground, they find... The one character, the dead character, hanging from the swing. I couldn't remember what Kyle Richards was was wearing, so I was afraid it was her for a second. Oh yeah, no, that was that was our dear Marion Crane. Yeah, so I was like, oh um, no, there, yeah, yeah. Um, I really, I also learned on the IMDb trivia that apparently Kyle Richards broke her nose in that fight scene with Michael, um, but she didn't tell anyone on set because she wanted to be able to finish filming the scene and didn't want anyone to like put a stunt double in. So she waited until they were done filming to be like, oh yeah, and by the way, I broke my nose. Ah, professional. Um, which I really respect. And so for me, like I'm all on board through that point, And I think where this movie really loses me is with like the mob vigilante bullshit. Oh yeah. That that's when it crossed across <laughs> the point of no return when they're when when they all see this feeble old man and they're like it's Michael get him and they rush towards this man who's clearly not this hulking six foot five monstrosity mm-hmm. of like, are are you trying like what what message are you trying to give us right now are you trying to remind us about the the time Reddit tr- tracked down the Boston bomber but it was like the wrong guy like it's a little, I mean it a little it felt a lot like. It feels a lot, so I feel <laughs> basically the entire second half of this movie is part of the storyline. Is just that this big mob of people is like uh, all over uh, Haddonfield trying to find Michael, which is something that the franchise has tackled in the in the past. And I understand that if something like this is happening, of course you would probably get people, you know, like out trying to take justice into their own hands. Um, but so much of the storyline, and I I think this was intentional. I'd be interested to see if you agree, Reed. But it feels like so much of this movie um, is trying to capitalize on is the cynical way to look at it. And I think that's accurate. Maybe it is trying to make a commentary. If so, I think it's doing so really poorly. But it's trying to capitalize on sort of the... Um, political unrest in the country in the last couple of years. I mean, a lot of that mob scene, especially in the hospital, feels like it is very intentionally mirroring the um, insurrection at the Capitol last year. We have all this stuff about Lori doing a voiceover about Michael sowing chaos and fear and like, co- like comparing Michael to Trump is what it felt like. Like it huh. is such a weird choice. It's not, Again, like, this is not what anyone goes to see a Halloween movie for. Like, I'm not going there for commentary on the current political climate. That's not why I'm here. <laughs> and so that felt like a really strange choice. You know, funny uh, when you mentioned uh, the January 6th thing, because actually the review for on uh, Times Magazine website said specifically, did I write down the exact verbiage? The review said, like, it borrowed imagery from the January 6th uh, riot at the Capitol. I'm thinking, does this guy know that the movie was shot, like, two years ago, though? Like, who's borrowing who? Oh, that's super interesting. Yeah, I definitely, I I knew this was shot or intended to be released earlier. That is so interesting. I mean, I guess that makes it way more horrifying if it just, like, that was what they were going to do anyway. And then and then the <laughs> world did it in real life. Um Life imitates yeah, I art. Just, 
Yeah. It, oh. Even though that art wasn't even released. Yeah, that's super interesting. And we can't talk about the vigilante mob without talking about Tommy Doyle. So um, I would love to know your thoughts on uh, Anthony Michael Hall as Tommy Doyle. Uh, I don't really have any <laughs> thoughts one way or the other. I even had to look up. I was like, wait, did, did he play him in the 78 one too? What's, but which he, he didn't. He did not. Yeah. I didn't. Maybe it was just because by then my enthusiasm had ran out, but I sort of don't really have any thoughts one way or the other for yeah. for uh, his Tommy Doyle specifically. Although I did think it was funny in the beginning at the, it's like open mic night at the karaoke. It's Halloween night and most of the town doesn't know that people are being killed by Michael Myers. So it's like, it's like a fun, drunk karaoke talent show, whatever. Tommy gets up. 40 years ago, people were murdered. <laughs> I was almost one of those people. Like, wow. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Like, way, way to kill the mood, so... Tommy. Yeah, and he's, like, so aggressive. He's like, what? Too young to remember? Too drunk to care? And it's like, dude, <laughs> you, you, like, you're at a talent show at a dive bar. What are you expecting people to do in this scenario? And it's Halloween. Yeah. Um... Ugh. I honestly, I just hated everything so much about all of the mob stuff that I especially hated that they were like, yeah, now Tommy Doyle is this like super aggro, uh, tough guy who basically builds an entire army to go fight Michael. Like, ugh. I should have been Paul ugh. Rudd. I know. And apparently the producers were like, we, w it would have been really cool to have Paul Rudd, but we didn't want to like distract people from the movie. And it's like, you got other big stars to be in it, though, so that's, like, not a valid reason why he couldn't be in this. I'm sure it had more to do with, like, his agents not wanting him to be in this movie since he's doing a bunch of Disney stuff. Um, that's fine. Or he's they just in probably the... just read the script, you know? Yeah, I mean, that would be, be, like... be enough to say, don't, don't, Paul, don't do this. <laughs> uh, we really don't want you to do this to yourself. I mean, honestly, if they really paid attention to stuff like that, they would have told him not to be in the new Ghostbusters. <laughs> Hoobly. Um, anyway, here's some stuff I read on IMDb that makes me sad. Apparently, one of the producers of this movie really wanted to have Danielle Harris come back and do a cameo, but they, that idea was vetoed and they shot it down. Oh. I love her and I would have been so excited to see her in this movie. But again, I guess I'm glad for her that she wasn't in it. Um Apparently, there was also some talk about including Busta Rhymes, uh, that <laughs> also didn't happen. Oh, I, I think I read that part, yeah. <laughs> um, Reed, do you want to guess what the body count is in Halloween Kills? Uh, okay, hold on. Let's see. There were like six firemen or so. Um, That old couple. Uh, the gay couple. What's her face's boyfriend? Oh God! Like ten towns. Let's. I'm just gonna say like twenty. Twenty-eight. Oh, I should have kept going. That is too many for a Halloween movie. It's too many. <laughs> I mean, even even Friday the Thirteenth would never have would never get to that many. Like in the old Friday the Thirteenth trailers, went like for the first four back when it was super still like super Indian. The the trailers would be counting like one death scene, two. Death scene. Even those trailers would have to use like fake out jump scares just to get the number to thirteen. Right. 
Yeah, but, it's yeah, wow, pretty, 28. That's a lot. 28. Pretty redonkulous. Um, he, here's a theme that comes up in a lot of... A lot, or, sorry, comes up a lot in this movie, and I'm curious to hear your response. So in the fake flashback at the beginning, um, the uh, Detective Hawkins, who was a deputy at the time, or Sheriff Hawkins, my apology, um, he is with his partner, and his partner says something like, I used to know Michael when he was a kid, and I always used to see him in his sister's bedroom window staring out like he was staring at Haddonfield. And then later on, someone is like, he wasn't staring out, he was staring in. Like, he was looking at his own reflection and looking into himself. And then Hawkins is an old man, is like, my partner stood right there, and then he died. And then later, spoiler, Karen, played by Judy Greer, stands there, and then Michael kills her. Like, what did you think of this recurring theme of, like, Michael always going home so that he could stare out his sister's window? And, like, was he looking out, or was he looking in, or do we even care? Maybe it's the cynic in me, but I'm thinking, do we even care? Like, where did this, where did this, where did this come from? And saying yeah. that, saying that statement, where did this come from? I know this is a sequel to, sequel to a sequel that was supposed to be a fresh start. So I guess it's not like it was building upon things in many in many sequels beforehand, but it just sort of felt like, like, why? Yeah. Like now, now it's all about the house because, yeah, like like instead of. Because Laurie is not as significant to the Halloween plot in this one anymore, it's like now it's it's all about the house. Now, gra- granted, in the fir- in the first Halloween, that's the first place he goes to when he gets back to Haddonfield, and like that's how he first sees Laurie when she drops the key off. But the the specific obsession with like Judith's window mm-hmm. that just it sort of seemed to come out of nowhere. I totally agree. Every time they brought it up, I was like, "Why do we care?" Like. <laughs> When he was like, he wasn't looking out, he was looking in, he was looking at his own reflection. I was like, okay, this movie, this movie at that point, there are a lot of voiceovers in this movie. And those voiceovers, to me personally, felt like when someone smokes a lot of weed and they think that every thought they have is like transcendently smart, that's what a lot of those voiceovers felt like. I was like, cool, so none of this stuff means anything, but you think it sounds really cool, so now we have to like listen to Lori say it while other stuff is happening. Um, I'll, I'll never forget the phrase when when the when the mob's running around the hospital. This is Michael's masterpiece. Michael just wants to go home. What are you ta- What are you smoking? Yeah, exactly. And I don't understand. Like at one point, she and the um, sheriff like get in a fight about whose fault it actually is, and that like Michael is here, and she keeps saying like she's the one who brought him to Haddonfield. And if this movie is trying to move away from Michael being specifically drawn... I mean, first of all, in the original film, Michael came back to Haddonfield because it was home, and then he right. saw Laurie because she came to the house. It wasn't like he came back for her. And this movie, it seems to be, is positing that Michael doesn't give a shit about Laurie. She just was like another person that was there when he was killing people. So I don't understand why she feels so strongly like she personally is responsible. It's like he killed his sister before you were even born. There there was one comment I saw online, like a fan comment that made me audibly chuckle. That said like the Laurie Strode in these movies thinks she's still the Laurie Strode from H2O. 
It just makes me miss, like, I agree that the plot line that Laurie is the younger sister is, like, kind of silly. Um, but I just feel like the stuff they do with her character is way more interesting in um, that, you know, Halloween, Halloween 2, H2O trilogy. Because if you're going to make it that it's not about Laurie at all, then why bother having her in the last movie? You know? Kinda, yeah. Like, pick one or the other. Even Either bring her back or don't. But don't bring her back for one movie and then have her spend the whole second movie acting like a narcissistic drama queen in a hospital. I don't think that's how Lori is, but that's how she comes across in this movie. Then she's like, I'm the only one who can kill him and I'm the reason he's here and it's all my fault. It's like, Lori, this stuff is all happening without you being a part of it right now. So clearly you are not as important as you think you are. Um, it, it reminded and me. And I of, don't like to say those. I don't like to say that. <laughs> oh, me neither. It's hurting me to say everything I am. I never want Jamie Lee to hear this and think that anything I'm saying is ref- poor reflection on her. Please, yeah, Jamie exactly. Lee, I love you. You're, Jamie Lee, you're great if you're listening to this. Um, did I? I don't think I ever told you that one of my my fiance and I, uh, one of our really good friends, uh, he has a friend from graduate school who lives in L.A. And our friend went out to L.A. for that guy's wedding and rode in a limousine while drunk with Jamie Lee Curtis and got to talk to her for a chunk of time alone in a limousine and didn't even tell me about it. Oh my god, that sounds like a lot of fun though. I know, it does sound like a lot of fun. He said that she was incredibly kind. He kept showing her pictures of his daughter and she was like, your daughter is beautiful. She was very nice. Um, And my fiance was like, oh yeah, did our friend tell you that he met Jamie Lee Curtis? And I was like, no. And then I texted our friend and was like, I literally have her tattooed on my body, you traitor. But even though I've never seen Mad Men, I know the meme, the, I know the, a meme of it. And I kept thinking about that during like the second half of the movie where it's like Michael is Don Draper and I know exactly Lori- what you're gonna say. <laughs> Lori's Lori's like yelling about him something about how much she cares and he's just like, I don't think about you at all. This is so good because I also don't watch Mad Men, but I also know that meme because of the internet and my fiance. So that's great, and I think that is very apt as far as this movie is concerned. Um Okay, here's where here's the scene where I had to leave the room on second oh, viewing. Yes. Okay. And I, I, my sister has not watched this yet because she was going to record with us tonight and plans changed sort of last minute. So she has not watched the movie. And I told her, I said, you know, I really would prefer to not spoil movies for anyone, but I do feel like she and I are similar enough that I know this scene will bother her too. So I was like, I'm just going to warn you ahead of time that there's this scene and it's awful and you're going to hate it. And it is the scene where the mob of people, so there's a mob of people for most of the second half chasing Michael Myers because everyone keeps thinking they saw him everywhere. Um, And it's funny because right after my rewatch of this movie, I watched the original 78 Halloween over again. And there is a scene where Loomis is like, don't tell the media because as soon as this gets out, people are going to see Michael on every street corner. They're going to see him everywhere. It's going to be mayhem, which is exactly what happens in this movie. Um, Everyone starts panicking that they see Michael everywhere. And so um, there's one other patient of the uh, Smith Grove Hospital who survived the bus crash and was not accounted for. And so he is also on the loose and authorities are trying to find him. And he makes it to the hospital. 
someone sees him and like like Reed alluded to thinks he's Michael even though he is clearly like a feeble terrified uh short man and they are chasing him through the hospital Judy Greer goes after him to try to help him and she basically finds him and says I know you're not Michael I know that you're scared I'm going to help you and she takes him to an upper floor of the hospital she sort of locks him in a little hallway so there's like double glass doors on both ends but they're both locked from the inside and then she goes outside to try to stop people which it didn't make a lot of sense to me but here you are so they all start beating the doors down and this it just he I'm like getting upset even talking about it this man is mentally ill he is terrified he doesn't understand why all these angry people are chasing him and trying to kill him and he's really scared and they're like smashing down the doors and he takes a fire extinguisher and rather than use it to defend himself or anything else he smashes out a window and jumps from like the sixth floor of the hospital um and that scene was horrible enough but because this movie blatantly doesn't understand how to use violence it then shows his like battered Mm. broken body on the ground in like an extended shot where he's like still kind of alive and choking on his own blood and all his like limbs are going the wrong direction and that made me so furious Reed I can't even I literally cannot even verbalize how angry I am just talking about that scene yeah that his whole scene I mean most of the most of the movie I was just feeling like anger in general but yeah his when when he jumps and then yeah they they show his what's his mangled body um, that was like oh my god I feel really sad now like I don't yeah. want to feel this sad when I'm watching a horror movie and not for the right reasons. Like I'm not, exactly. I'm not, I'm not exactly. sad because a character I was rooting for died. I'm sad because I just watched something very upsetting. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like when it, a dog dies in a movie, I'm not comparing the mentally ill or anyone to, to touch that sort of emotional response. Like this yeah, well, person it's truly like, it's should not have died. Yeah. It's innocence. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and, and I so think so are, like, so are most horror slasher victims unless they have sex and smoke weed. But yeah, like <laughs> the purest of innocence. Yeah, like there was something very childlike about his fear, and, and like that's yeah. what I mean when I say innocence. And I feel like that's what I'm getting at with their not understanding when to use gore because that scene, if you just didn't even show him on the ground. That scene was horrifying. So if what the movie was trying to do, if what the directors wanted to do was make the the audience feel the weight of what can happen when, like, a mob is sort of acting with a mob mentality and sort of, like, being indiscriminately violent, um, I think they could have done that. But if that's what you're trying to do, then don't show us yeah. the body. Like, don't... Because do, it felt like... Again, it felt like um it felt like it was very much like I'm trying to think of the right word. It just felt like so pleased with itself. And that's not how you should feel in that scene because it is devastating that this just happened. And then we just move past it entirely. Yeah, is it ever really brought up again? No, they're kind of like, oh, that wasn't him. And they're all like, oh, man, we messed up. Okay, let's go find him. And it's like, wait, guys, <laughs> like... If the if the yeah. lesson was this is bad, we didn't learn it. 
Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now I remember having that same thought. Like they have this, what's, what's like meant to be this poignant moment of like, God, are we the monsters? All right, let's go round everyone up and find the real monster. We'll get it right this time. Well, I'm sure of it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, like similarly to, to in like places where this movie just doesn't seem to have a good grasp of what anyone wants or needs right now. In the flashback at the beginning, that's like they shot the continuation of the ending of 78. Um, Hawkins was a deputy. He and his partner, played by Jim Cummings, go into the Myers house. Jim Cummings is attacked by Michael. And Hawkins tries to protect him, but can't. And in his, like, panic, like, in the moment, he's scared and trying to, like, trying to shoot Michael, but the his partner's in front of Michael. He shoots his partner in the neck. Michael gets out of the house. He is then apprehended, but the other police officer dies. And so we find out later that this guy went, like, he could have lied, I guess, right? Like, he could have lied and been like, no, Michael killed him. But he mm-hmm. doesn't. He tells his boss, like, I fucked up. I got scared. Like, things were happening. I couldn't really tell what was going on. Like, everything was happening really quickly. And I shot him by accident. And his boss is like, hey, you were trying to do the right thing. Sometimes good intentions don't always turn out, turn out right. Like, no sense hurting your career. Let's just switch switch guns. And it's like, we're going to just tell everyone that he shot himself by accident while trying to get away. And it's like, hey, movie. I don't care if you were supposed to come out in 2020, uh, but then you came out in 2021. I don't think there's a huge desire right now for people to see police officers shoot an innocent person in the line of duty and then just have no consequences. I don't think that's what anyone is wanting right this second. So that was really upsetting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like both that and that and the like the mob mentality and seeing what happened on January 6th. It was like, how did you know the worst decisions to make a year slash a year and a half before, before the events happen? How did you know to make the worst decisions for events that were yet to come? Exactly. Exactly. And so like, huh, that's a, that's a lot. And then honestly, my last really significant note is, and it's honestly, it's not that significant is I was so mad so Allison decides that she's going to go out with the vigilante mob, even though her mom told her not to. So she ends up with her boyfriend, her shitty boyfriend <laughs> and his dad. Um, and they go to the Myers house. Dad goes in first. They hear a gunshot. Boyfriend and Allison go in. Boyfriend finds Michael and gets attacked. Allison's like trying to distract Michael. It doesn't work. Boyfriend gets killed. And then Michael is coming down the stairs of the house. Allison is sitting at the bottom of the stairs. Behind her is the front door, which is open. Michael Hmm. comes down the stairs, and instead of going out the door, she kind of, like, turns around the banister and backs further into the house. Why would she do that, Reed? Uh, Why? Uh, I'd like to know why Big John and Little John didn't do the same thing. Uh, I was... I'm going to be honest. I love those characters. I knew they were going to die, obviously, because they live in the Myers house. But, like, they... Again, this movie did sort of do a good job in that I love when the Halloween movies give us, like, weird side characters that are going to get killed. And, like, Big John and Little John were a delightful pair of characters to, to spend time with. But, yeah, like, they did, they just, everyone did it wrong. 
Like, they were right by the front door when Mad TV Stewart saw the bloody handprint and was like, there's someone in the house. And they're right, or Big John is right next to the front door. And instead of saying, instead of thinking like, well, let's just get out immediately and call call the police. Like, you were there. You could have escaped. And then after, after, uh, after Michael, when they go upstairs and little John sees Michael and he says like, Michael, you've come home. And it cuts to the shot of outside the house, and you just see Michael walking away from this window that he's now obsessed with. Yep. And they're like, like, little John, you are by the, you came in the room, you're at the door, go back. Yeah. Like, like did he just stand there? Your, and... Yeah, exactly. Like, you see your partner's dead body. I know you're sad, but you also know that he literally just died, and whoever did it has to still be in the house. You don't have time to, like, get on the ground and hold the body and then stand up and then just continue to stand there while Michael walks at you. Just why? Uh, You know, uh, speaking of the Myers house window and his newfound, according to this movie, this newfound obsession with that room and looking out, Mm -hmm. do you think Michael back in, was it 1963, do you think Michael killed Judith because she was blocking his view? (laughs) Honestly... I what I wanted to say about the window shit is like I'm the oldest sibling, but you have an you have an older sister, right? Yeah. Two. Did your older sister just let you like did either of your older sisters let you just like spend copious amounts of time in their bedroom when they were teenagers? Like <laughs> I don't buy that he was even allowed in there to stand at the window. Like I wasn't letting my brother and sister come hang out in my room for long periods of time alone and like stare out a window. That just seems preposterous. It was a very weird addition. <laughs> I like it- no. Oh, at the end, before, uh, before, what was her name? Karen. Before Karen goes back in, into the house and dies, when she looks up at that window and she sees, like, a vision of Michael in the clown suit, for mm-hmm. a split second, I was blanking on the opening to the original Halloween, and I just thought, wait, are they referencing Jamie from 4? What the hell? Oh, wait, no, that's right, Michael dresses a clown, too. <laughs> I would love if that's what they were doing. Like, I thought they were going to pull the rug out and somehow involve these various timelines for a split second, all because I forgot that Michael dresses a clown in the opening to the original movie. Can we talk about this ending? So, like, uh, Michael fights a mob again. Uh, oh, after... God, that infuriated me. Yeah. After Allison, like, gets him to the bottom of the stairs and then doesn't leave the house, she just, like, turns her back. And walks backwards away from Michael, and he's immediately, like, about to stab her. Um, Karen comes in. She pitchforks him. She stomps on his head. She takes his mask. He gets back up. She leads him into a trap. My first question is, why did nobody hit him with a car? (laughs) I thought that, too. Question one. Um, My second question is, he's fighting this mob. He ends up on the ground, and they are, like, beating his lifeless body on the ground. Karen stabs him, like, right in the top of his spine um but obviously he's michael so he's totally fine that looked like at best it's a block away so when it cuts from michael wakes up and the camera cuts to allison and karen sitting on the steps of the myers home with a shit ton of first responders getting medical care what first of all wouldn't they have heard the screaming there's like a mob of people oh, I didn't being even think absolutely about that. destroyed by michael um and while that's happening, Karen goes upstairs into Michael's bedroom, or to his sister's bedroom. And so 
when he first of all how does he get up there without anyone seeing him and second of all like does no one hear her being like stabbed to death right next to the window i mean i guess the movie ends without us seeing any kind of reaction but it's weird that there's like a prolonged scene of him stabbing her without any reaction from her daughter who is sitting like 15 feet away on the front steps like <laughs> Does sound work differently in Haddonfield, Reed? Is there a weird kind of, like, thickness to the air that makes it so sound doesn't travel? Oh, gosh. The the townspeople made me feel embarrassed. Not, not embarrassed. It made me angry to be, as someone from Halloween, I was like, I don't remember the town being this dumb. How dare you, filmmakers? Yeah. And yeah. when they were... I forget, am I allowed to swear on this? Oh, for fucking sure. Okay, just <laughs> when, when... So... When the mob is attacking Michael and they're actually getting good hits, and first off, why are they taking turns? But right, never but, take turns. But that aside, they subdue him. He's on the ground. Judy sta- stabs him in the stabs him in the spinal cord. I wrote down in capital letters: "Fucking shoot him in the head or cut it off." Like, why stop? Right, right. Even even before before when she was head stomping him in the stairs in the house before the trap, I was thinking like, yeah, finish it, finish it, make him bite the curb. But then you have. Yeah. To- a group of people who have subdued Michael Myers with golf clubs and baseball bats, and they're like, "All right, yeah, he seems dead enough. All right, good job, everyone." It felt like watching the citizen. It felt like the citizens of Bikini Bottom doing something so half-assedly. <laughs> I mean, that is such a fair point. There are multiple moments in this movie where Michael Myers is down for the count, and they're not finishing the job and like I don't understand they have clearly seen him survive so much and still they're like ah he's probably dead also there's a whole sequence where Judy Greer is leading him out of the house and she has his mask right so like he's not in focus we don't ever see his face in its entirety in focus but he doesn't have his mask on and she puts it in the middle of the street which is where he finds it and then he's in the trap and like they all politely wait for him to put his mask back on before they start attacking him. <laughs> and it's just like, this man has, like, bent over to pick his mask up. He's He can't see you. He's not paying attention. We see that one whole side of his face is all burned, so he must only have, like, vision in one eye. And the fact that they were like, yes, but let's give him a fair shot. We'll wait till he's standing and ready to fight and has his mask back on. Why? Why are any of these choices happening, Reed? Uh, brand imagery. You know, you can't beat up a random guy. Well, I mean, you can in a hospital. But, you know... I was going to say, they made clear that you can. But if you beat up a guy wearing a white mask, now it's iconic. Oh, wait, speaking of white mask, earlier when... Right before he kills that older couple, like his first post-fire kills, and Mm -hmm. I, I can't remember who it was, if it was the husband or the wife, but the yell out, there's someone in here and he's wearing a monster mask! I thought, oh, come on. William Shatner, I've heard, it may not be the nicest person, but I wouldn't call him a monster. <laughs> that also made me laugh, because then his, her, his wife is like, what does he want? And, she, and the husband goes, I don't fucking know. Call the cops! Which is, like, <laughs> exactly the right response. Like, yeah. who cares what he wants? He's, up in, he's a giant man in your house in a costume. Um, yeah, I just feel like... What's so wild about this movie is it did have a lot of ingredients that felt true to the franchise. I loved getting to know 
weird side characters. I loved Drone Lady and her husband who loves Cheez-Its. <laughs> I loved Big John and Little John. I love getting to meet these characters and it just felt like I don't I don't I don't understand how we got to a p- place where we have a Halloween movie with a body count of 28 where we saw so many giant bloody gaping wounds like that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me the like the sequence of Michael repeatedly stabbing Cheez-Its guy. Yeah, I felt like, are you trying out different knives? Like, he walked over. It's like someone right. che- someone checking their golf clubs. Like, um, yeah, the nine iron. Uh, no, let me, let, me, yeah. let, me, let me go back to this one. And I was like, is he, are they trying to do a carry reference, but, like, really badly? I don't understand why we need to have all the knives in this guy. Like, to your point, I, I remember when Halloween 2018 came out earlier, and you sort of talked about earlier tonight how some of the stuff just didn't feel like Michael and I remember when 2018 came out people were angry at some of the um like tricky stuff he did like making that one police officer's head into a jack-o'-lantern or like hiding something under a sheet and people were like that's not what Michael does and it's like no that is what Michael does yeah that kind of is but but those things to me felt very like there's something horrifying about Michael in that it does a little bit feel like he is arrested in a state of childhood. Like, he is not at all um, attracted, by, as far as we can tell, to, like, sex or nudity. He kills Linda when she's completely naked and doesn't seem to be remotely affected by her body. Like, And there's something in the first movie, especially, very childlike about the way that he approaches all of the kills that he does. And I think the head tilt, which gets way overused in this movie, <laughs> um, the head tilt in the original is really cool because it feels like um, he's just trying to like see and understand what he did. And yes, he does clearly like place and display the bodies in the first movie for maximum effect. Like he knows that someone's going to find the bodies. Maybe he knows it's going to be Lori and he's hiding them so that and placing them where he does to be scary. But to me, so much of this movie was like experimentation on his part that felt sadistic. And that doesn't feel like Michael. Like, I don't feel like he is generally a a villain in a slasher movie that like really enjoys like torturing people as much as he is just like a killer who is intrigued by what he did. And so, so many of the kills in this just don't feel like a thing he would do. Like that multiple stabbing doesn't feel like a Michael kill. The like smushing the guy's eyeballs out is a very Jason kill, not a Michael kill. Like there's just a lot of stuff like that. That doesn't really feel like it fits. Yeah. Like Michael, Michael's more efficient. He doesn't need, he doesn't need to stab 10 knives into one guy. He's dead. Once that guy's dead, Michael would move on. Right. Right. And he, like, he leaves that one lady alive. Like, obviously she's going to die, the woman that he stabs with the fluorescent light in her throat. Like, obviously she's going to die, but it's weird to do so much overkill to her husband and then leave her alive. Like, again, it just feels inconsistent both within the movie and within the franchise. I don't really understand what they're trying to do with Michael. 
Um, yeah, they, they they can't. They seem to be unable to decide if he's just an unstoppable person or if they're. But the, now, correct me if I'm wrong, because you, you saw it twice, and I haven't seen it since it came out. But 2018's entry wiped away all the mythology. No sibling relationship. No cult of Thorn. Correct. And turned Michael back just back into a hulking brute of a man. Yes. But now it seems like they've they're diving back into supernatural territory. Like each kill he gets stronger. Yeah, and it's weird because it feels like the first movie you had that plot line with the podcasters, which I did not think was very good. But Oh, I forgot about that. You have this plot Yeah. You have the podcasters who are kind of like they think Lori is crazy and they're like, You think he's this supernatural thing, he really isn't. He's really just a guy. And they get punished for it. And it feels like um, it feels like that movie, at least to me, it felt like by putting that in there, they were like, even if they're not going to go full Cult of Thorn and everything else, like, he's not just a person. It felt like that movie was like, you thought he was just a man, but he's not. And then this movie seems like he is just a man, but also you can't kill him and he doesn't care about Lori. <laughs> and I don't understand. So, like... The next one comes out next uh, Halloween. It's called Halloween Ends. I never thought, like, I hate being where I am right now. I hate to be happy to be like, yes, let's never make a Halloween movie ever again. Like, fuck this. But, like, I really went from being very pleased with the 2018 version to just being, like, I am on par with how angry I was watching the Rob Zombie ones. And I want nothing to do with whatever third movie they're going to put out, I will watch it. I will probably not see it in theaters. Like, I just... I just hate being at a place where I'm happy to hear that they're ending it, you know? And not because I want them to preserve the... Yeah, I tweeted last night. I was like, yeah, they got the title totally right. This movie did kill Halloween. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I hate feeling that way. There's a difference between being like, let's not make any more because the franchise is perfect and we don't want to keep tweaking it. That's a very fair thing. And I, we're all sort of, I think getting worn out from reboots and sequels and everything, but I had so much hope after the 2018 one, it was not a perfect movie. Um, but I did think it was doing some interesting stuff and I think it did a good job of bringing the style of original Halloween into the present day. And I feel like this movie completely, fucked up any goodwill that it had that it had gotten itself i'm sad to agree yeah i was like i don't i don't want to dislike this like i know like it feels bad right (laughs) like i i'm i'm a much bigger fan of friday the 13th than you are and even i can really enjoy some of the worst ones like this past friday the 13th i watched jason goes to hell and i think maybe that's because friday the 13th as they went on they knew what they were so no matter how ridiculous it got, you went with it because it was always, after a certain point, it was always, once he's once he's resurrected as a zombie, it's always going to be ridiculous. But I expected better from Halloween. I'm not mad. Yeah. I'm just disappointed. Oh, Reed, that's so, like, it's funny, but it's also really true. <laughs> Uh, and I, I do want to be clear. I don't have any dislike for the Friday the 13th franchise. It's just the one I'm the least familiar with. But I will say that um, the worst movie in any of the Unholy Trinity uh, franchises is absolutely um, the fifth nightmare movie where Freddy is, like, infecting the brain of the fetus. And so 
uh, it can never get worse than that. Um, but yeah, so I, we've reached, you know, we're a little bit over an hour. Uh, I feel, I feel like, I feel like a wrung out rag. Like, I feel like I was so full of dirty water and it's all been wrung out of me, but I'm just kind of tired and sad. Um, is there anything that you wanted to talk about in Halloween Kills that we didn't touch on already? Uh, let's see, just a few few things. Oh, apparently, and I I pulled this up on Wikipedia towards the beginning of this conversation, but just in case anyone comes for you, apparently uh, there was actually someone playing Sam Loomis. Like, it wasn't just a CGI replication. Whoa, that's wild. Now, I don't know if, if they also had, like, some augmentation or if it was just... But I did see, like... The official Halloween page, like the official Facebook page that I like and follow, posted a, like a production photo of uh, one of the cops, Michael and Loomis, on the porch. Uh, not not like a still from the movie, but like a publicity still of them on the on the yeah. Myers porch, and comments were saying like, "Wait, th- th- like it was actually someone?" Because everyone everyone thought it was just CGI, oh, but apparently there actually wild. was someone there. I mean, I have to admit, it really warmed my heart to see him, and... <sighs> now, that could be wrong. Wikipedia can be ed- edited by anyone, but... No, I thought that... I remember seeing someone's name associated with it. It would make sense that, like, at a minimum, they had somebody there that they maybe, like, would have put computer stuff over. I would be really curious to know how they did it, because it looked really good. Whether it was makeup or a CGI or a combination, it looked really yeah, good. Yeah, like, when that split-second shot of Loomis happened when he's looking up the stairs, I thought, like, wait, did they lift this from an old movie? And I tried to remember which of the... If there was a moment in the old Halloween movies that they could have, like, rotoscoped the rest out and just taken, like, the actual footage of Loomis and put it in this movie because it looked... Right. It caught me off guard with how good it looked. Yes, exactly. Same here. Same here. And actually, when I was <sighs> half an, when I was half an hour away from finishing it... A friend of mine messages me saying, "Like, did you wa- did you watch a new Halloween movie?" And I said, "Oh, I'm actually watching right now." And he wasn't as angry as we are, but I think that's just he leaned. <laughs> like he had fun with how absurd and bad it was. So like he kept saying, "Like, oh shit, just wait until, just like wait until this happens." I was like, I think he was he was excited about the ending. I was like, "Yeah," and I said, "Oh, oh yeah, um, uh, oh fun fact, yeah, apparently he." Kn- or he went to high school with uh, Allison's boyfriend. So Whoa! Fun little small world world connection. But he died. But then he died. I'm like, oh, your friend just died. And then he says, oh, just wait. Uh, okay. Oh, she. Oh, he's going after Allison. Just wait. Oh my God, she lured Michael to a mob beatdown. And he get, again goes, just wait. And I'm thinking, how can <laughs> it keep getting more and more? I'm like, oh my God, Michael's killing them all. Just wait. And then finally. Uh, Judy Greer dies, and I'm like, oh my god, that's what you were, that's what you were alluding to this whole time. Also ridiculous that it feels like, again, we've talked about how how little this movie uses Jamie Lee Curtis. It also seems to fundamentally uh, do a terrible job of using Judy Greer, and like so many people loved Judy Greer in the 2018 movie, and this one barely uses her and then kills her off, like. What are you... How are you going to bring people back to the theaters for the next one? Like, Michael doesn't care about Laurie and Judy Greer's dead. So, what is the point? Yeah, like... I thought I thought Halloween Ends was going to be, like, the three of them... One final showdown. Well, until they rebooted again. 
but now it's just it's gonna feel like okay. I did read that Halloween Ends is gonna is gonna be take place like a few years down the line, but like so you're gonna have uh, Allison and Laurie. They're gonna be so broken. I can't see them finding the will to have any final confrontation with Michael. Right. Like what? Here's how we'll end. I think this is a good way to end. What could Halloween Ends do to you that would even remotely redeem this trilogy at this point? Oh, God, that's a good question. I know. Honestly, I have a hard time answering it because this movie did so much damage. Uh, I mean, it's it's probably going to end with what appears to be a final Michael death, but in the last few seconds, he's going to be gone or something. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I have no idea what Halloween ends will be about, but I, I know how it will end. Right, exactly. I mean, honestly, I almost want them to do Halloween ends and just be like, this one's going to be like Halloween 3 where it has nothing to do with <laughs> what we've been doing so far and has none of the same actors and is just fucking bonkers. Um, when, when I the, don't know. Sorry. I don't know how they're going to... I don't know how they're going to move forward from this. Like, I really... I thought they did a really good job of establishing Allison and Karen and Lori as characters. I was so excited to watch them kick ass together. And we now know that will never happen. And I don't know why I should care anymore. When the, when the mob was doing the brutal takedown of Michael, the actual Michael and like, and Judy stabs him in the spinal cord. I thought like, Oh my, are they actually going to have the balls to kill Michael? And then Halloween ends will be some sort of, meta new direction maybe similar to how they wanted halloween 5 to be about like jamie's psychotic break but then they backtracked on Mm -hmm. that so i thought like are they gonna do something so totally wild and kill michael now and who knows what halloween ends will be oh no no he's still alive because no one ever freaking checks to make sure yeah apparently Uh. though i read this online after i after i watched it but uh someone had linked to an article from when 2018's Halloween came out. And apparently the filmmakers had originally pitched their their Halloween revival to Universal as like a two-parter. Like they'd film both movies back-to-back. And Universal said, said that they wanted to just do one f- at first and then see how it did in theaters. So Halloween 2018 was a smash hit. And, that, and the Universal says, okay, we want two sequels back-to-back. So it's almost like the team were told to think of a middle act that was never supposed to exist and that was this movie yeah yeah and i mean i think that's a really good point i had also read that and this movie definitely feels like that it feels like i just had a conversation with friends about how it's so hard when a tv show you like is successful so they keep it going for too long because they like they didn't think the story out far enough Mm -hmm. and that's what this feels like i think you're right that they probably knew I'm hoping that three will be better. I'm hoping that ends will be better because hopefully they have an idea of what they want it. I'm hoping that three was already conceptualized sort of when they did one because it's how they wanted it to end. Um, Yeah, this is why you need to make creative decisions based on the actual uh, creative content instead of what makes money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. But, so, you know, that's probably never going to happen. But we're never going to do that because because capitalism. And also one more trivia tidbit that I read after after watching it. Uh, apparently from people who 
at some point read the script and saw like early cuts of the movie, like test screenings. Uh, there was supposed to be more to the ending. Have you heard this? I did hear this. Okay, share this with the audience. So Michael stabs and kills Karen, and then apparently calls Laurie at the hospital. I think it was uh, he probably like takes. I think it was he took Karen's phone calls her. So Laurie picks up thinking that it's Karen, and only hears breathing. And instantly realizes what's happened and just says something like, Michael, I'm coming for you. And it was going to end with her, like, angrily walking out of the hospital. But then yeah. they, they didn't do that. They didn't do that. And, like, I read that the reason they didn't is that the next one is supposed to be a couple years later. And they didn't, the studio didn't want them to imply or didn't want people to think that the next one would be the same night as well. But it also makes me scared that they're going to have way less Laurie in the next movie, and that's why they took it out. Mm, we already had so little Laurie. I know. I don't know how you could do a whole lot less than this. Like, this movie did the least with Jamie Lee Curtis except for Resurrection, where she gets pushed off the roof. Which oh, that was disgraceful. Stabbed horrible, in the back. Just Literally stabbed in the back and yeah, dropped from the roof. I almost expect in the next one, or in Halloween Ends, wouldn't surprise me if, if uh, Michael, if like Laurie's facing down, like Michael, I'm here for you, and he just pulls a Regina George and just says, like, oh my god, why are you so obsessed with me? <laughs> Honestly, maybe that's how Halloween Ends can redeem itself. It just like turns into straight mean girls. <laughs> <laughs> Michael stabbing people. Uh, Michael stabs someone in a, in a white shirt and the blood starts to soak through and he says, on Wednesdays, we wear red. I was going to say Michael wearing his jumpsuit, but the nipples are cut out. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, Reed, thank you so much for coming here to talk about this trash pile of a movie with me. I'm sorry that it was so painful. I guess the good news is we were both going to watch it regardless. So at yes. least we didn't watch it for this reason. I'm glad we got to process our feelings together. Yes, and I'm. I don't like to live in echo chambers, but I'm really happy you had the same thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I think this conversation would have been really infuriating for both of us if either one of us felt good about this movie. <laughs> um, honestly, I don't know if our friendship would have survived. I'm just kidding. I think we'd be fine. But um, if is there anywhere that you'd like to tell people that they can find you on the internet? Anything you want to plug? Oh, sure. I. Uh... I recently got enough subscribers on YouTube to change my URL. So if you want to see me bake things or find out obscure points of interest in Los Angeles, you can go to youtube.com slash Reed Schmidt. Damn, you fancy. That's exciting. Well, I mean, you only need 100 to change it, and I'm up to like 152. So, you know, I'm almost rolling in dough. That's Literally because of the baking. Cool. I'm excited about it. <laughs> Uh, the, all of the videos are delightful and I did once bake along with Reed from home and make Philadelphia style soft pretzels and they were a dream come true. Um, if you. you want to get in touch with our podcast, you can do that in a couple different places. We have an Instagram, it's 28 days Ladier. We also have a Twitter, 28 days lady underscore ER. You can email us your thoughts. Uh, we have a, a Gmail address. It's 28dayslatier at gmail.com. If you're a fan of the Rob Zombie Halloweens and you're trying to send me an email about that, don't come at me. I literally could not care less. 
I think that's it, though, Reed. Uh, Hannah's not here, so I'm going to do our usual outro, which is everyone have a lovely night and always pee after sex. <laughs> well said. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Scream Pod Squad. I'll talk to you soon.